Taylor is replaced by Millard Fillmore, um, who is just known in general as the most boring president. That's like he's, it's like they've chosen him to be the most boring president. I think you can make arguments that other people are more boring. Um, like who? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's probably the most boring. <laughs> Chester Arthur's pretty boring. Part of what's boring is that it's just this time period, again, where it seems like a... I don't know. It seems like the president is not at the center of, of things. The real stuff that's going on in this time period is these like compromises in Congress over slavery and where it's going to be expanded to. And one of the big questions that comes out immediately after the Mexican War is, we've taken all of this land. Is this land going to have slavery in it or not? And, you know, by now we're starting to see some politicians in the North and in parts of the West who explicitly oppose the expansion of slavery. Important to note that abolitionists, like people who actually wanted to get rid of slavery, were a very small minority and were mostly concentrated in places like Boston, where slavery had been outlawed for quite some time, and in part because their economy didn't actually benefit from slavery existing there. Boston's economy is totally based on slavery, but it's like the trade of things that were made through slavery. So there are people who are wealthy and who live up there who are willing to speak that slavery should actually be banned. But mostly it's people like a young congressman from Illinois who actually first made his career speaking out against the Mexican War, saying we should not go to war to take this land, and saying that one of the reasons why this land is being taken is to try to expand slavery, and that should that is not a good enough justification to go to war. And that guy's name was Abraham Lincoln. And he is a free soil advocate who argues that we shouldn't end slavery, but we should keep it from expanding, and then hopefully eventually it'll kind of... He, wait, sorry, he said that when Polk was in office? In Polk. He's, yeah. he's a congressman under Polk in 1848. And, uh, and that's, that's sort of starting to create this debate that's going to carry us through to the Civil War. Um, and there, there's an argument over whether that land that's taken should all be free or should be all slave. And um, California also, at this time, they discover gold. The year, the year after we take all of that land, keyword take, steal all that land, they find an enormous amount of gold in San Francisco. And people are just like, moving across the country, they are in a gold rush to get the gold. And, they, and it's around this time that you're starting to have railroads that can get people out there pretty fast. But you don't yet have a railroad all the way to California, so people could go on steamships and get all the way out there or go on wagon trains. And it's like, get out there, take over all of this land that we've just taken from Mexico, or go get some gold. You know, this is like the time period of Western expansion. And it's also a time period where the United States is starting to flex its muscles more in the world. Um, and in part by taking California, we become a more Pacific Ocean power, like a, a player in Asia. And I think the one interesting thing that Millard Fillmore does um, is that he sends uh, a naval group to Japan. Commodore Perry um, arrives in Japan. And Japan, we're not going to do the history of Japan, but Japan um, is in this time period where they're really shut off from the world, and in parts because they watched what happened to China during the Opium Wars, where like the British show up and basically get everyone hooked on drugs and then use that as an opportunity to take over their economy, and Japan was like, we're not gonna do that. But here shows up some boats from the United States with a letter from boring President Millard Fillmore, and Millard Fillmore says, hello, greetings to the Emperor of Japan. 
we are here in friendship and we would just like to be able to refuel our ships here in Japan and if possible, trade with you. And when you read the letter, as I had my students do, you read the letter, you say, oh, this is sort of a nice friendly letter. But then you have to remember how it was being delivered. It was being delivered by a whole you know, group of heavily armed ships that are going into a, a country that you know, has actually disdained any sort of naval warfare and that many of whom are still living in a kind of samurai-based um, feudal economy. And so it's a real threat to Japan. Um, but they successfully end up taking, forcing Japan to open trade to the United States. And so now the United States is not only trading all through the Atlantic Ocean, but they're trading in the Pacific Ocean. And Millard Fillmore's kind of mafia threat, um, like, oh, it's very nice to be friends here with Japan. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to Japan with these boats. Um, gives me a different picture of Millard Fillmore than the, that he's just the boring guy who took over because Zachary Taylor died. Um, he's the last Whig. Yeah, it's 50, it's 50 years into the 1800s. And so since the con Constitution is 18, uh, 1787, mm -hmm. so it's 63 years since uh, the Constitution and so since George Washington. Crazy. Not that long. There are still a lot of people alive at this time who still remember it, but not that many. Um, and the Compromise of 1850 is this big fight over how we're actually going to deal with the land that was taken from Mexico. And some of these people like Henry Clay and John Calhoun are like carried in on stretchers to like make their last argument for slavery or against it. And Henry Clay like engineers this really complicated compromise in which California gets to be a free state, but um, you know the rest of the sections are going to get to vote on whether they support slavery. And um, there's also going to be these new laws that allow, that basically force Northerners to help capture slaves who escape from the South.